the internet, and welcome to season 135, episode one of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist! Yeah. A production of iHeartRadio? This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say officially off the top, fuck the Koch brothers and fuck Fox News. It's Monday, May 25th, 2020. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. It hadn't been for Miles and Jacko, I'd have been quarantined a long time ago. Where is the cold brew? Where's the taco? Where is the Mountain Dew? Miles and Jacko. <laughs> that is courtesy of Douglas the Freshest. Uh, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. You, you got what I need. Hydroxychloroquine. <laughs> Hydroxychloroquine Oh baby you You're not the vaccine Cause you're hydroxychloroquine That's some bullshit I'll just spin Okay thank you to Crispy Meme Donut And Angelo at Andrew Thunder For just giving me two Just just great things to work with there Uh, And shout out to Bismarcky you know, thinking about your shouts out to Bismarcky. Uh, we're thrilled to be joined in our third seat. She just rode into frame on a Zamboni. It is Lil Zam herself, Jamie Lofton! This is the story of a girl who ice and shivered and zammed the whole world. And now it's looking bad on Hydrograph. She massacres the summer, then she smiles. Uh, there's mercifully it ends there. Oh, Sunny started barking. <laughs> okay, it wasn't that good. Okay, that's from uh, at just TDZ, aka's. Uh, I, I'm sorry, Sunny just found out about the Joe Biden gaffe. <laughs> oh, he's, he's hard to say. I, I, we've stopped talking politics with the dog. Yeah, that's probably smart. Um, Well, we are thrilled to be joined in our fourth seat by the hilarious and talented Cody Ziegler. I don't have a rap, but I got to say, if I did, it would not be nearly as good as any of the raps that you guys had. Oh, no, so don't say that you. now. It means you guys so got much. bars. You guys were smoking it. My head's sure, We also fire. got ghost riders, okay? <laughs> Let me get like in here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cody, how you doing, man? How is, uh, how is Core uh, treating you? You know, I got to say, like, i doing bizarrely well. Like, uh, I stopped counting the days when day, like, 65 hit. But for, like, the yeah. first 40 days, like, my existence wasn't too much different than it normally is as far as, like, just staying in my apartment and not going anywhere. Uh, so like that's been pretty normal. The only thing that I'm missing is guys. I uh, like I miss just grabbing like expensive lunches with friends. Like that's the one <laughs> thing. Like just getting getting some sushi, getting some like pizza. Like all that's the only thing that I think I've really been missing. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I I've gotten to this thing lately where I've just been taking drives like once a week. Like I'll go like the uh, like I'll drive to like Long Beach. I'll do the PCH. I'll like drive deep into the valley and come back like that's been like the thing that's been keeping me mentally the most uh cleared and anchored over the past like i guess three months at this point two and a half yeah. months oh my god yeah that <laughs> used to be a thing that people did i think in like at least based on my uh deep historical knowledge from Mad Men uh and like one <laughs> other movie uh i think people used to like go on the sunday drive together where driving was the destination like people would yeah. just drive for pleasure yeah. uh and i find myself like 
coming up with an excuse to just like go for a spin around the neighborhood. Well, that used um, to be like the whole thing when like in high school, like when we were driving and shit, albums would come out on Tuesdays. Oh, yeah. And you pick up a new CD and then you'd go fucking mob around in Johnny Johnno's Infinity. You know what I mean? Shout out to that <laughs> path of that QX4 with on 20s and those guys tried to rob us that one time. But that was like the activity was merely just like music and driving. Uh, yeah, and I'm uh, realizing yeah. I'm doing that again a little bit too. Where like like you're saying, Cody, I'll take the I'll take the longest way to go get something. Yeah, I uh, the, they dropped the Chronic on Spotify like two or three weeks ago, and I put that on and drove to Long Beach. And man, let me tell you, <laughs> it was a mood. Wow. It was a good mood, boys. There you go. <laughs> yeah. The nice thing for me has been that I have never had a driver's license, so <laughs> there's nothing there's nothing to miss, really. Right. <laughs> By yeah. design. Yeah. yeah. I, I walk, I, I only go as far as the Walgreens, and then there's an invisible force field, because that's when I get tired. <laughs> You're stuck in your own little, little video Ed game. TV yeah. over here. <laughs> Cody, you've also Truman been show. blessing the world, uh, and super producer uh, Daniel, who's not here today, but a uh, big Doughboys fan, and he oh, came boy. letting us know about uh, the the Baja Blast homemade. Oh, uh, yeah. I so first <laughs> of all, recipe. Like, so like, uh, I want to I want to set the record straight. I gave the wrong mix level in the Doughboys. I said one to one. It should be 80 percent uh, Mountain Dew, twenty percent Blue Powerade. Blue Powerade, not Gatorade. Okay. Blue Powerade. Oh, keep it in the Pepsi family. Yeah, Pepsi family. I'm all about that branding, North Carolina. Shout out, Kings. We stand. Um, I will say that even with that 20 to 80% ratio, it is there is so much uh, high fructose corn syrup that you're putting into your body that like you instantly get sleepy and shut down. So like I got to say, don't do it when you have things to do during the day. If you're like, right. you know, maybe you're like you're like actually care about the things that you put in your body and not like me who just ingest all types of organ meats and poison. Um, I will say I would not recommend doing it more than once a day or maybe even more than once a week. It's a lot of, it's like, it's a lot of glucose you're putting into your body. But yeah. if you're looking for a hack and you're like, you're not near a Taco Bell, get that 80, 20% going and it'll set your life straight. All right. Have you uh, tried the Baja Blast Mountain Dew Zero that they've been no. releasing in cans? That just I didn't even know the, that that uh, was. This is breaking news. Wait, what is this? this? Hit the oh, shelves. Jack, of, don't uh, tell Ralph. him about it. Save this. Don't oh save yourself. Cody. Well, so listen, uh, I've got some breaking news of my own. Is I got a bad batch. I got a bunch oh, of no. uh, flat Mountain Dew uh, Zero Baja Blasts. Whoa. Which oh, I was wow. very unhappy about. Wait, what do you mean you got a bad batch? Like, what, what, what the flavor <laughs> it was, was, flat. was it cut off? properly? Oh, it was flat. It was flat. Oh no! Yeah, wow. You should go back flat. to the grocery store. Now more than ever, you should go. Now yeah. more than ever, give them a piece of my be, mind. And, and like, let me, me. Let me my film you going flat. off. <laughs> yeah, and you open each can. Go. You hear that? Nothing. You hear that? Nothing. You hear that? Nothing. I came here for carbonation. <laughs> Fortunately, I have more than enough uh, of good batches because I, I bought out the whole shelf. So, oh shit, uh, flex. They're like, sir, uh, well, right. you seem to be the only person with that problem. Everyone else been happy, and like Cody says, I came here for carbonation, not <laughs> yeah. obfuscation. Yeah, <laughs> can't pull wool over my eyes, guys. Uh, all right, Cody, we're gonna get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're gonna tell our listeners what they have to look forward to today. Uh, we're going to talk about Joe Biden's interview with Charlemagne. 
Uh, and then we're just going to talk about the pop culture we ingested over the weekend. Uh, we're going to talk about Riverdale. We're going to talk about Capone. We're going to talk about The Last Airbender. Uh, all of that, plenty more. But first, Cody, what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? Uh, I uh, the, Literally, the last thing that I searched was the word obtuse because mm. I was trying to describe uh, a friend to a friend. Like, I have a friend that is... Uh, sort of obtuse, like I was trying to describe uh, that person to a friend, and I wanted to use a, like a very flowery descriptor. And the first thing that popped in my head was Andy Dufresne from uh, Shawshank Redemption, when he's like, "I don't understand how you can be so obtuse." And I was like, "That's a good word. I'm gonna find a way to work that into my vocabulary." So then I googled that, and then I you dropped it, and I felt like I was a really cool dude. Oh, yeah, yeah, you should. That is a very cool word to use. What's like one of those words that you'll never forget that sounded so smart? That blew your fucking head uh, off, and you're like, uh, I'm gonna overuse the shit out of this. Uh, predicated. I always thought that was like a really cool <laughs> word. Like, I'm sorry, but this was all predicated on him being a very mean person. Or like, I'm sorry, this decision was predicated on the fact that I was about to run out of gas. Like, I feel like you throw that word in <laughs> to anything, and it makes you feel like you know what you're talking about. That's yeah. one of those things too, where like you, everyone in the conversation, like you can see them sort of react to someone <laughs> like just whipping out a word, but no one's gonna be like, "Wow, yeah. right? Oh wow, you just said yeah. used obtuse correctly." We should probably sit on what this guy's thinking and like ponder it for a little bit. He's really what he's talking <laughs> yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of big, big, smart sounding words, we're gonna talk about Riverdale later. Uh, <laughs> yes. That's how teenagers talk, right? That's yeah. how, All these uh, hot ripped teenagers. <laughs> hot ripped teenagers. Exactly. Uh, what is something you think is underrated? You know what? I've been thinking a lot about this lately is that, uh, you know, uh, shitpost Twitter, like, I love a good garbage meme. Um, and it's particularly now since I've been extremely logged on for the past, like, 70 days. Like, I, uh, I try to avoid any type of, like, serious smart take but uh like whenever i see like just a bad macro like i saw one yesterday that really got me was a picture of uh, someone photoshopped uh, michael kane's face onto a tangerine and the the subtext said uh master wayne i turned myself into a tangerine i'm tangerine alfred and i laughed <laughs> i laughed genuinely for like three unbroken minutes at that stupid stupid image and like now mm. i try to curate my feed to where like, i only see stupid stuff like that Right, right, right. Yes. That's nice. like, do you ever go to uh, that subreddit, me IRL? No, but like, I, oh, I, I got to go to it. Those now. memes are absolutely ridiculous. They're just, <laughs> they don't make sense. They're so aggressively like nihilistic, but uh, just. See, that's what like, I want. Like that, and coupled with like King of the Hill memes, like whenever they do mashups with those, yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, game yeah. over for me. Uh, what is, uh, what's something you think is overrated? Uh, I gotta say, uh, it's uh, like serious Twitter takes have been a lot for me lately. I think personally, just because, like I said, I am so logged on. Uh, there was a tweet that I saw like maybe a couple of months ago that said, "Every day on Twitter, there's a main character, and your job is not to be the main character." Mm -hmm. Like ever since I saw that, like that truly what is what it is. Like today, looks like it's shaping up to be our boy, uh, our King Joe Biden. Um, <laughs> yesterday it was Lana Del Rey, and before that it was like. I can't even remember. Like, I feel like every day I get on there, there's something new that I have to like do background information for. Like, first of all, I wake up late. I wake up at like eleven o'clock, so like things are already happening on the East Coast. If you're getting dragged, you've been getting dragged for a while. So like, yeah. I get on and like I don't see what's actually happening. I see like the 
the B and C level takes that are like they're like joking and talk and, and talking about right. it. it's like now I have to like go to Google research like why are people talking about uh, AOC and bananas and then like I have to like deconstruct <laughs> who is Allison Roman and yeah, why like, who, yeah. do I need <laughs> to right? know like, who is this cooking lady and why do I right. care that she's arguing with Chrissy Teigen and now I they're both canceled like it's it's too much for my senses it's too much for me to take yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> I think that's exactly like a great description of how I'm feeling about Twitter lately. I can't do real Twitter anymore. I've like found myself resenting it and it's not their fault, but like the yeah. political people who are like political experts on Twitter and yeah. doing oh. like there's not a single serious political tweet that I've seen in the past year that I haven't been like fuck you, man. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's just so much energy just like everyone has Everyone's 240 characters carry the exact same amount of weight, and you have no right. idea who the adult in the room is. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, finally, what is a myth? What's something people think is true you know to be false? Um, I don't think 5G actually works until I actually get it. Uh, I've heard people talk about it. I've heard people talk about, oh, man, these speeds are killing the game right now. I think my phone's actually gotten slower. And some could say, you know, some of those people, those bootlickers could say that maybe it's throttling on the behalf of Verizon. But I have to say, like, I don't believe it until I see it. Like, I would love to have a 30% faster phone so I can search up the word obtuse even quicker. Or right. I could look up why uh, Allison Roman's cookbook even faster. But until that happens, I don't believe it, baby. <laughs> I'm waiting for that day. I yeah. remember the day I have T-Mobile, and I remember the day LTE arrived in LA. Oh, my LA, God, yeah. And I was like, because could tell shift, me nothing. It flipped over from 4G. I'm like, what? Huh? <laughs> LTE? Yeah, and, on Spotify downloading these songs. I mean, meanwhile, live, I'm always baby. connected to Wi-Fi most of the time, so it really doesn't make a fucking difference. But <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel the same way where like people talk about 5G. I'm like, bro, that's so not real to me because yeah. I still see LTE. Also, how uh, much faster do we need this information? How much faster yeah. do things need to get? We were fine with like, you know, the like the Blackberry curve was like the <laughs> most technology we needed. Like that, you that iteration. sidekick, baby. Yeah, I had the side I had pretty much every iteration of the sidekick. <laughs> and before that, uh Motorola Time Port two way pagers. I had the Accompli oh, wow. from yeah, the you Fabulous had Youngin video. Yeah. The one that had a uh, pimpin, here's a new way to flirt. And I listened to the two way alert, it go doot 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 doot. I had that exact thing and I used to wear it to the all ages club. My mom had a uh, a pager because she was uh, she worked in law enforcement, and I felt so important whenever the pager would be. It would never be for me, obviously. I was like <laughs> yeah. Seven, but like whenever the pager the pager would beep off, and you would only see like call this number. You're like, oh, you know, the streets need me. I got to go out here and hand, handle these. Handle this. <laughs> I remember in high school, I got a phone that had like AIM on it, and that was oh, like wow. a major game changer. Oh, yeah. It was like because mm. I would always get hand me down phones from my aunt. And so I would just like get so it was like my first color phone and you could like mess you could message someone at a different school you're like this shit rules but it was so <laughs> but but it was still T9 and the buttons were so loud that you'd always get caught <laughs> messages yeah. cuz it's like coo, 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 coo. Oh T9 so what that was a Sony Ericsson phone so I something like that I don't know and it was always like covered in the film of like my aunt so Wait, I don't even know I so I'm uh, now that's a legend I, by the way yeah the <laughs> fact that you're like your hand-me-down phones always came from your aunt to me is she just an early adopter like she buys every fucking phone or she yeah, breaks phone so phone. many phones as she's throwing like what's how what, no, it was what is just it about like, your aunt 
It was just like a lower middle class chain of command of like, you know, it's like you have the whole family, like, sing, you know, everyone gets right. their upgrade at a very specific time. Yep. And so if I have the oldest phone, my phone's going to break first and I'm a kid, so I'm not trusted with a phone that's new. So I'm going to get whatever the most recent, like whoever just got the upgrade, I'll get their old phone. Boom. And my place in line was right behind my Annie Debbie. Got it. The whole thing. No, I know how the that works. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's always like funny when like generations back. I remember you go to like a friend's house and like, yo, your sister has your phone, and you're like, nah, my dad got a new phone, so I got my right. mom's, and then my sister got mom's. Oh, okay, okay. And you have to, see, you have to like, you have to like wipe the phone of like your aunt's text. You're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or be like, oh, fool, why you got that weird like lanyard on? It's like, it was my mom's, yeah. bro. I don't have a case yet. <laughs> Trying desperately to get roasted by your friends. Yeah. My aunt would get these. She had these like. Remember when you could put like just stickers on the front of your phone or whatever oh, and she yeah. would always have like it would just be like a tramp stamp in the form of a phone <laughs> sticker and you just had to like scrape it off because yeah. it was like a gemstone butterfly you're like Get out of here. gemstone tribal <laughs> detail yeah <laughs> you're just like i can't be associated all sparkly and glittery oh but that gemstone but... butterfly is a good name for something oh uh, yeah that's a, that's a rad new metal band <laughs> gemstone uh, butterfly that's awesome when you your phone needs a tramp stamp too. That's that's a new level. <laughs> it's a statement uh, piece. Well, that used to be just like the flex because the, the, we yeah. had their like cases weren't so easily like interchangeable yeah. back then. Like everything was so rigid. You would either at, like archaically attach a bulkier piece of plastic to the outside of your phone to make it look a different color, or you would do what I do, like try and disassemble it and then spray paint it and then put it back together. Always Whoa. got, always voided the warranty and guess yeah. who would not have <laughs> yes. a phone. And so like, yeah, those moss carts that would be like, put decals on your phones were like such a wave back then. Cause you're like, <laughs> yeah. yo, I could put like Notre Dame high school class of 03 on here. Cool. <laughs> I want to pay $4 for this Ranchard sticker for the back of my Nokia. It's going to make people think I'm so cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's get into some breaking news real quick. Joe Biden has apologized. My king. In, a, in the most heartfelt way possible. He said, I shouldn't have been such a wise guy. Um, so <laughs> I, uh, I thought he was going to say hate the player, lesson. not the game. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or hate the game, not the player, whatever the fuck he was in. It I is mean, like remarkable. He really cannot. He cannot be allowed to speak. Like yeah. it's just anytime everyone's like, "Where'd he go?" No one's heard him speak in sixty days. And the first second he opens his mouth, you're like, "Oh, that's why we don't let him speak." Yeah, he is they need not to put allowed. like a little buzzer in the back of his neck whenever he's about to say anything, <laughs> or like he starts leering too close to any type of woman. They just like yeah. hit the button, and he gets shocked back and goes like his little Joe coma. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, so yeah, people. If, I mean, at this point, uh, yeah. I'm sure this most was all people the way know. Last week, but yeah, yeah, most people know that uh, what Joe Biden said. But let's just a refresher for everybody uh, in on the show right now of this interaction with Charlemagne the God, uh, fellow iHeart uh, label mate. Yeah. Time, I apologize. Also, you can't do that to black media. You I can't do that to white media and black media because my wife has to go on at six o'clock. Okay. Oh, oh, I'm in trouble. Listen, you got to come see us when you come to New York, VP Biden. I a, will. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more okay. questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. All right. Oh, hey. <laughs> yes. All Love right, Rachel Geek keeping from Joe Biden. Yeah. 
Thank you yeah. so much, Nubian yeah. God, Joseph Robinette Biden, uh, for telling us. He, you know, his face was on the original album cover for Sounds of Blackness, that album from the 90s. Uh, I don't know. Uh, this is, at first I laughed because I was like, this is some old school toxic like barbershop shit that yeah, black yeah. people would say amongst each other. Okay. Yeah. And already acknowledging it as toxic because gate, gatekeeping this kind of shit is already a losing game. But for this man, who's running for president who relies so much on the support of african-americans in this country to have no idea about the nuances of like internalized white supremacy self-hatred and shit like that just and act like hey i'm a hey i'm one of the fellas baby then you're not black <laughs> it's just absolutely ridiculous and yeah, i think it's it's so uh it's it's one like it's it's not shocking like i think that any marginalized group particularly black people know that probably a lot of white people think this um, yeah. But I feel like we've been in this very uh, sort of bizarro, upside down, netherworld social political landscape for the past four years where like people just say the quiet parts so loud. And then when you juxtapose that with like what the opposition is, where like you have out, you know, Nazi supporters, neo-Nazis, you know, uh, 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 fascists, like it, the, the bar, like comparatively, it doesn't seem as bad because we're not in that normal place where like, you know, Obama wearing a tan suit would send people over the edge. Now we're at a place where like Joe Biden can say that like you're not you're, we, well, he can question your blackness depending on who you vote for. Doesn't seem as crazy. To, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it doesn't seem as wild because when you look at the other side, you have uh, Trump saying take these weird grifter snake oil pills, and also uh, Henry Ford was a pretty cool dude too because he supported Nazis. It's a very strange <laughs> right. political landscape to be in, and yeah, like part of me yeah. just thinks that it's like I feel like I'm trapped in a sketch because like. Like who? Oh no! Like you're such a we're in such a hard position because like Joe Biden is like like do you have to vote for like I feel like we have to vote for Joe Biden and like I feel like we we can shit talk along the way and we have to talk about how much we don't like him and how problematic his his like political stances are and like how just bad he is for any type of culture but I feel like we're still locked into having to support this guy which makes it choking it down seem so much worse you know well it's just another like you know another moment for African-Americans who are supporting the Democratic Party to just kind of, you know, bite your tongue and be like, yeah. fuck. I mean, like, I don't know. At least he was, like, piling it up with Charlemagne. when he, like, yeah. You know, it's like, huh. it, it's so shitty because the other side of it is so dark, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, as as easy it is, as it is to laugh at black Trump supporters and be like, look at me, are they black? I mean, they're voting good. Look, the, the very real thing is that there is a level of internalized white supremacy and self-hatred mm -hmm. that people in that get to a point where mm -hmm. they would say, you know what, I'll do everything in my power rather than being a victim of these people. I'll do everything in my power to be one of the, quote, good ones in mm -hmm. their eyes. And that will offer me a level of protection. That will yeah. offer me a level of racial animus that I don't usually have to confront when I'm a Democrat or something <clears throat> like that. Yeah. And there's a whole other la layer of tortured psychology to this. But again, I think yes, very on a superficial level, yeah. What the like? What the fuck is this? And it, and most people are like, eh, here he goes. It's fucking. It's Gaff City, the basement with Big Tigger, <laughs> and you know, here he goes. Yeah, it is like a survival tactic that is born out of like some of the saddest stuff. It reminds me of like, so like I'm from the South, North Carolina, and like I definitely had members of my family that were like white passing, and like their whole thing was like, yeah, like I have to pretend I'm white sometimes. One like just not get beat up by racist or the cops also like 
I can like make more money if they think that I'm white and like mm-hmm. it's messed up. Like I can't bring my family around my job site. Like I can't mention my family or like any stuff like that. But like I do have to like I do have to buy into like this institutionalized racism and whiteness and white supremacy to like thrive. Uh, and yeah, like it survive. is like a weird, dark, dark, fucked up headspace to be. And like I do sort of feel like I do pity these people in like a weird, weird, yeah. like fuck up it's- way. I mean, uh, either way, like you've either the self-hatred is so real. The fear is so real. There's something about it where it again, there's just all kinds of tragedy because of, but then people go, well, what about white Trump supporters? Well, I'm, uh, white culture is the dominant force in this yeah. country. So that's not this is a subjugated class. This is a history of subjugation, of cultural servitude uh, and feeling subhuman that every African-American to this day has to actually deal with, grapple with. And all we have are reminders in our legal system, Mm -hmm. in our news and things like that, that reinforce this idea that we may be less than. So couple Mm -hmm. that with someone who looks at a bunch of frothing people in red hats at a rally and tell me, shit, maybe it's easier for me to put this hat on and they pat (laughs) me on the back than, you know, stand outside talking all this shit because it's the the friction can be so much. It's just a anyway. But again, yeah. the gaffes the gaffes will continue into November, and I guess it would be battle of who can just fuck a taste up of it. It's gonna be. It's gonna. Yes. Be, we're gonna get to like. I can't wait to see what the singularity is of his gaffes. Yeah, there was there was at least a good tweet that was like, "Did Joe Biden learn nothing from the Lana Del Rey gaff?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's a piece of shit clip to watch too, because it's like I don't want to be in the like in the position of being like oh this sucks for charlemagne the god because i'm not a fan (laughs) of his like look no further than his his track record on trans issues is most things but like it's pretty fucking abysmal but the fact that like he had to get the interview back on track after that like it's just no one should have to deal with that shit it's just absurd And, and what biden said is like he's expressing a point of view that is incredibly damaging within the democratic Mm -hmm. party that they can just take black voters like for granted that they don't Mm -hmm. and that they're not going to have to make actual changes. And it's the fact that he would just say that is, is wild and shows such a lack of self-awareness and self-examination on the, on the part of Biden and the democratic party. Mm Mm-hmm. There's just a darker level to it, too, where black people already are, to a certain extent, subjected to a white person's gatekeeping of what is black or what is a threat or what is eloquent Mm -hmm. or articulate. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like the more you, you know, cut it up and dive into it, all there is is just bullshit. And it's an awful take from a candidate that, again, we'll have to see who fucks up worse. (laughs) Right. All right, guys, let's take a quick break, and we'll be back to talk about uh, pop culture. And we're back. Are you guys good to start with Riverdale? Where where are we with... uh, where are we with? So this was my first time watching any Riverdale. All I had was the, you know, the... Headlines in the media about like how, wow, Archie, but sexy, so edgy. I watched the first episode and part of the second. I I was surprised by how much it was like it reminded me of Dawson's Creek and Mm. Gossip Girl. And like it really seems like it's in that tradition, 
which are both shows that I watched when they were on, including Gossip Girl when I was far too old. Uh, POC also. Wait, how old were you when Gossip Girl was popular yeah. in college? I was in my 30s, but it was... Uh, <laughs> it, <laughs> my, it was like something... My wife and I lived in (laughs) my wife and I lived in Missouri, and we just we had each other and whatever was on TV. So we watched a lot of gossip. Hey, this is safe space, King. (laughs) Yeah, no, I like that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I watched it because my wife watched. No, because I know you know a lot about (laughs) Gossip Girl. Because whenever like there's anything tangentially tangentially connected to the show, you're always pretty like knowledgeable on it. So I talk about how I'm a Blair Waldorf and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, So. Some thoughts I had just along the way. So it really wears its postmodernism on its sleeve to the mm. point that like I asked the question like 10 minutes in, are they making fun of postmodernism? Like, <laughs> or are they embracing it? Like at one point, uh, a character walks in and uh, goes, oh, thank you, Smithers. And Smithers goes, oh, you're welcome, Hermione. And it's just like, yo, what the fuck? Like, those are just such, like, you're just throwing out pop culture references left and right in a way that's, like, so weird. But, yeah, I I don't know. I thought it was good. I thought it was, like, you know, heightened writing, which is, I think, always fun. I I think more places should do that. I don't know why it is always uh, teen shows. Like, that's a question I have coming out of this is, why do like the equivalent of like YA TV, like what, why are those the shows that get away with like writing in heightened English mm. as opposed to, you know, shows for adults? But I kind of wonder, like, I don't know, like watching old Riverdale now just like makes my determination to end the horny lighting trend. Uh, all the more <laughs> strong. It's every teen show in the past five years has been lit exclusively by like smart light bulbs from amazon.com that are blue and purple that's the whole uh they're called hue by phillips you euphoria does the same like every teen show has the horny lighting every single one it's funny i I was like my it's my first time like watching this the the show and i was like oh wow they really really lit this thing very like it's very well shot which i was not expecting for like a cw teen drama yeah but literally Mm -hmm. the only note that i wrote down was like why does everyone on Riverdale look like this? They're all like <laughs> supposedly like sixteen-year-old like j- juniors in high school, but they right. are all like Archie is ripped. Like he's got he's got abs Holy that I haven't shit. even seen before. And, like he, they're like justifications that like he did construction for two months, and now he's like this ripped, chiseled, jawed sixteen-year-old who like, and like, also like he's almost- like yo, this guy is twenty-eight. Yeah, this guy's twenty eight. He's no, also he's just like, twenty two now. He was he was actually young. Really? I, I looked that he up. Looks so I was, old. Oh wow. He, he, he is so uh, like good looking that I it felt like a generational flex to have him <laughs> and then his dad be Luke Perry because they're like, this is your idea of a hot guy. This yeah. dude like. Like his jawbone is like bigger than Luke Barry's head. It's wild. <laughs> I also wait. You I think love... this guy's good looking, Jack? He kind of looks the, like Archie. Uh, this oh, is I the he's a hot, so uncanny Ar- valley. I Archie is a babe. He's I don't a, he's know. Babe. There's something know. weird about. It. He looks like homeboy from Dexter. Like <laughs> had a, had a lot of de aging done and started doing like high intensity interval training. He like, does. For three he, he does have that look. But look, he. Like he warned me over. He's a. I think he was a babe. I mean, maybe it's because he's also okay. yeah. 
a football player, a construction oh. worker, and a musician. Uh, what maybe don't like, you do, Archie? three types yeah, what, of boys. Yeah, what don't you do, <laughs> He's Archie? a musician, too? <laughs> yeah, he like... Oh, yeah, dude. He, like, there's like... Uh, one of the subplots for the pilot is that he's also... He, he like apparently slept with like his music teacher, which like no one, no one was like, hey, this is like weird that you're that this whole situation is weird. But yeah, so he sleeps with like his music teacher, and then there's this whole subplot where like he's working on like a a demo and like he's trying to get notes from her to like make it better. Yeah, everyone who hears it is like, whoa, that's you, that's <laughs> fucking amazing, dude. I can't believe you <laughs> did just- this. <laughs> uh it's yeah so like jan's that, assistant hunter in the office like just give him to me. he's like oh hello so music so much yeah the subplot is first of all they introduce the uh teacher who you know does statutory rape on him they introduce her by having her drive by with lolita glasses on like <laughs> they're like haha get it like it's those a clever- winged red frames the uh the heart, heart frames. Oh, heart, yeah, oh heart right, right. Red heart. Right, and right. she's like sipping on a drink in a way that I think the Lolita like uh, movie cover like has. It, it looks it's like a direct reference to that. Right. <laughs> um, and they're like, get it. But this time she's the rapist. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's fun. But then like there's this whole like it's smartly written in that the words they say are clearly written by somebody who you know, has an English degree, but <laughs> the, it's also like dumb in just the things that happen. Like they witnessed a crime while they were doing a statutory rape. And then they're like, well, we can't tell anybody we were there. And it's like, why don't, why doesn't just one of you say you were there? But they're like, no, everybody will know. And mm. it's just very, very dumb. Is yeah. that, the teacher, I feel like that's the one episode I've seen where her punishment is they tell her to leave town. Yeah, that happens, I think, at a future episode. In this one, it's She's just hot. Banished from the oh, town. Right. Like They're like, leopard. oh my God, you're you're a sexual you're a sexual predator. Please go. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I read ahead and they uh they find out that she has like stolen somebody's identity. Uh and like oh so she is somebody who has like skipped from town to town. She says it's cause she's trying to escape an abusive relationship, but that's very textbook, like sexual predator, Mm. like just leaving, like adopting different personalities, like going from town to town. And they're just like, you get out of here. You scamp. (laughs) How how far has, has any, as people watched this show, like has anyone else seen more than this particular episode? I've seen the first season. But it right. was a while ago. I watched it when it was coming out. I've, so, I've seen assorted episodes, and the only one I can remember is that they solved a sexual predator who statutory is a statutory rapist, and they just said leave town, and that's like, and that's I, that's all I know about Riverdale. So <laughs> this this show, like, there were a couple of writers in the last room I was in that were really big fans of this show, and they would just talk about it without out of context in the room sometimes. But apparently, there's a point where there's like an underground fighting ring that Archie has to go to like prison for. And like, he sneaks into prison or like he makes himself go to prison. And then he becomes like the number one fighter in this underground fighting ring. And then later on in that season, he fights a bear and wins. This what? Is, what? Yes. Look, if I'm lying, I'm fine right now. I'm on the ground that. folks. Listeners, if anyone has seen this, this yeah, season, please wow. let me know. Wait, what? That rules, man. Yeah, I mean they they kind of set you up for that with this first episode where he just does everything. I I wouldn't <laughs> like it. 
Had he gotten into a fist fight with a bear in this episode, I would have expected him to win. Just, based just on explodes what the bear's skull with like a red <laughs> yeah. hook. The first article that popped up when you look up Archie Bear episode is Riverdale fans baffled after Archie comes back to life after bear attack and manages to sit high school exams just days later. (laughs) (laughs) It's the greatest show Um, on television. Is it at least fun to watch in its absurdity or was it completely just like like soul sucking to watch? Let me just read you some of the lines to to answer that question. (laughs) Okay. so Betty is uh, this like type A aspiring like overachiever. Uh, she's just come back from her literary internship in New York where she got to hang out with Toni Morrison and Toni Morrison says to her, what? She, this line happens. She goes, Toni Morrison says one summer can change everything. Classic Tony Morrison. High school yearbook inscription. Tony Morrison, our greatest writer, is is like you know one one summer can change everything and stay. Don't ever change. You're the best. Uh, Stay cool. Uh, I forgot about that. I forgot about that that whole interaction. Uh, Someone calls him Justin Ginger Lake because he wants to sing. Um, Okay, hilarious. That is great. Yeah. Uh, you should be. So this is a lot. You should be the queen bay of this drab hive. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, that like rules. screams like forty year old being yes. like, okay, teenagers, teenagers, teenagers. Yeah, that's the what only line say? I actually they? wrote. Yikes! Next to. <laughs> I also forgot that that Josie and the Pussycats was was in this show as well. Like right, which yeah. is something that like I these are because I've never read the Archie comics, but I just remember those like old like 60s 70s like cartoons and stuff and like i'm watching this i'm like are they gonna do a spin-off of josie and the pussycats is this, is this are they right, building their own like little world. mcu of like archie archie universe it feels like it, it really feels like it what wouldn't i give jam ha- is up to date jam's one of our writers uh mm-hmm. and he uh so he's fully up to date he did a little research Apparently, when they were first discussing this, the the person who wrote this and became, uh, I think, CEO of Archie's uh, Archie Comics or whatever mm. the company is that like owns that IP, yeah, um, was like wrote a play, like started his career by writing a play in which Archie comes out as gay, uh-huh. and he got sued by Archie Comics and then ended up writing this show and becoming CEO of Archie Comics. <laughs> Um, but he he said when he first pitched the show to uh, Universal, the executives were like, "Wait, but Archie takes place in the fifties," and he was like, "Yeah, well, this is like kind of postmodern." And he's like, "They're like, well, would it?" So he goes through a portal to another dimension. They're like, no. "That sounds about right from executives." <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and we've all had those said, conversations. Because their explanation: portals are huge right now. Uh, so no. There was oh, uh, they suggested fuck. casting Louis C.K. as an older Archie. Ugh. No, uh, no. So great. <laughs> all around, no. all around, wow. great. Uh, First suggestions oh only. Oh my wow. god. Yeah. Um, <sighs> but anyways, five Ugh. stars. Great, great movie. Yeah, uh, I, uh, I think show. I think I'm actually going to go back and watch the second episode because they did leave on a pretty good cliffhanger. 
I mean, I want to see the bear episode. It feels like so absurd that like, you know, like it's like with Scandal, like at one point it just went off the rails and you're like, I don't know, I'm here for it, I guess. And then I'll put it to bed. But like these writers are having a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, it's like, damn, they it's like every time they're in a problem, they always solve it with a deus ex machina moment. But whatever. (laughs) All right, fine. I should say that. uh, And by the way, it's always a bear in this. Like a bear comes (laughs) in. Like who shot JR? Oh, who's the the bear? That damn bear again. Um, no, but this is uh, so. This is in the top ten because they apparently just released the fourth season on Netflix, oh, and okay. the big news around season four is Skeet Ulrich is leaving the show. Uh, he plays Jughead's dad, and he announced uh, and he's that dating he, a twenty-four-year-old. Yeah, so that's the thing. Oh, he announced that Skeet. he's leaving in an IG live video with his girlfriend, who is the same age as uh, the kid who plays the son. So shout out to him. Yep. Oh, Ski. Famously, real name Brian Ray Trout. <laughs> I mean, that Sorry. is Sorry. Sorry, Mr. That Trout. That is the to put you on blast. Of, yeah. It is Brian. shocking that like Skeet Ulrich isn't like a morning zoo host. I feel like that's the only appropriate <laughs> job for someone named Skeet Ulrich. Yeah, right. Skeet and yeah. the bear. Skeet and the bear. <laughs> Skeet and the bear. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, Skeet it's a it's like a hit. shotgun getting pumped. Yeah. <laughs> Skeet and the bear. Pull. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Oh, actually, let's take a quick break and we'll come back with Capone and Last Airbender. Hell yeah. And we're back. And uh, let's bring in super producer Anna Hosnier uh, because she is the person who uh, turned us on to the Capone, the the new Capone movie with Tom Hardy. And uh, that Miles and Anna are both going to tell us about Capone. What, what did you guys learn? Uh, real quick, can I say... I had no idea that Riverdale was based off the Archie comics. <laughs> and, li- and truly, what I, I've been His around. Name's Archie. I know. And just wait. I have Jughead. been around people watching it, and they say the characters' names. And every time I'm like, isn't that, aren't those the same? That's so funny. They use the same. I'm not even joking. I literally just thought it was a coincidence that they all had the same names. Oh, because like it was Im- like impossible that this show had anything to do with the Archie I comics. I just legitimately yeah. never thought about it that much. Like I just was always like, that's so funny. Jughead, isn't that from that one comic? Look, it and makes then I sense. just wouldn't think further. <laughs> I, I'm completely with you because like if you just look at it from his face value where you see like this red, this ginger fist fighting a bear. You're like, there's no way this is about the the comic right. about getting like egg creams and eating hamburgers. Right. At your I diner. legit just thought it was just a standalone like weird teen drama. Like nothing in my mind connected any of those dots. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, when I learned it, way, I got upset because I was like, that doesn't <laughs> add anything to this show at all. Like this could way, be just Riverdale. Everyone yeah. who has red hair in this is like. A person who's never seen a redheaded person's ideal <laughs> of what a redheaded person would be like. Yeah. It's like such fake red hair. It's so weird. But literally yeah. like half of the cast has has the same red hair. It's jarring it, to yeah. look at, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Capone, we talked recently about how, I talked recently about how my theory that people are going to be obsessed with 
like those uh, 30s criminals and maybe we'll get our own Robin Hoods because uh, we're heading into our own depression. I don't know. The, the This whole thing started off with Anna laughing, being like, I don't know if you guys seen Capone. I saw it. She's like, I don't know what to think, but she was <laughs> laughing. So she seemed like it was entertaining enough to watch. Jack, you said that you read a tweet that said they didn't know if Tom Hardy was trying to either win an Oscar or a Razzie or do both simultaneously. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that is probably the most accurate mm -hmm. tweet oh wow of this of, of what this film is it it like vacillates between like moments where i'm like wow this is interesting to points i'm like can i turn this fucking bullshit <laughs> off man that's fucking exactly stupid right. yeah fucking stupid dumb. yo but yeah, I mean, Anna, the voices. The voices are, un honestly, I'm a bit of a, I'm a Tom yeah. Hardy accent head. I love yeah. a, I love a Tom Hardy accent. I watch his movies because I love his accent work. You want to see what a weird yeah. choice he's going to make with those yes. voices. Yeah. yeah, correct. Like any, you know, Revenant, Locke, Lawless, all these goddamn films where you're like, what is he bringing to the table? But it's fascinating to see this actor where... It's enjoyable because you know Tom Hardy's having a good time doing this role. <laughs> and no one is saying cut. They're like, put Tom Hardy to run around this Miami mansion yeah. and we will like we will just film him like doing Tom Hardy at the fullest in a I don't know a lot about Al Capone. I don't know if he's out like this at the end. Like I don't know what was going on. What? Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it sounds go. like the grandma in SpongeBob. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> but like add like a Brooklyn accent that's fading. It's absurd. <laughs> yeah. So uh, first of all, every it's another the other interesting thing is it's a, one of those films too where he plays. Look, so Al Capone like you know had syphilis from mm -hmm. the time he was like in his teens, basically, and like into, into until death, basically. So. This is the last year of his oh, life. Oh, wow. And so he's he just is, out there. Dude, he's just an absolute mess. Yes. He can't, he can barely see. He's senile. He's having strokes. He's literally shitting the bed in yeah. ways I've never seen yeah. in film <laughs> like before. Like blasting ass. New and inventive not, ways of wait, shitting the bed. Yeah. I, I'm you, not, do you see it? Yes. Yes. Oh, no. yes. He yes. drops Duke on camera. Bro, oh, oh, it's not movie. even dropping. It looks like it's when like, they're putting fucking whoosh. stucco on the side of a building. Oh, wow. I got to rent this. <laughs> I'm renting like, this bad boy. <laughs> oh, and wow. Like, I got to rent And this. May, who I'm Linda Cardellini, this. who plays May, his wife is like, what the fuck? Yeah. Hey, I'm shitting here. This poor woman. This poor woman is being like, oh, no, Al. Yeah. They don't call him Al. You're not allowed to call him Al. They all Fonz. call him Fonz. And she goes, Fonz, Fonz you yeah. show. No, you shit the bed. Come on. What? And she, <laughs> but I go, ma. And, it's, yeah, and he's like. <laughs> but there's these scenes where, like, you know, I, I've, you know, my grandmother had dementia. And I've, yeah. you've, if you've seen people sort of lose themselves in those mm -hmm. kinds of, with those sorts of afflictions. He does that really well. There yeah. are moments where, like, he looks vacant in his eyes. He can't put a sentence together. You don't know if he's actually hearing what people are telling him. Mm -hmm. And those are the moments I go, damn, this is, like, mm -hmm. really well acted. Exactly. Then they'll do a scene where Neil Brennan plays his yep. lawyer. I'm mm -hmm. like, this what? motherfucker does not need to be in this movie. Mm -hmm. He looks like the Shoot. fucking teacher in <laughs> South Park. Uh, with the fucking he got because his chin turns into like a it 
it's jarring to see Neil Brennan in this as Neil a lawyer. Brennan. Yeah. D- Neil Brennan does take you out of the film for a second. You're like Neil. Yeah, Brennan. it's like that reminds me of when Bob Odenkirk showed up in Little Women, and yes. you're like, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah no. <laughs> Hello, my I'm Little like, Women. I'm right. Like, it, <laughs> yeah. it isn't my Little Women. You're like, get out of here. I'm like, hook him up with a better there wig are, rather than plugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there are certain people who can't. Uh, this was uh, was it William Goldman's uh, observation about why his movie The Ghost in the Darkness tagged to the box office. He was like, Michael Douglas can't play anybody except the present tense. And I feel like Neil <laughs> Brennan and, and Bob Odenkirk are the same. I'm just like, why? Yeah. No, yeah. they they're just somebody from now who's pretending to be from a and long time ago. This that thing- scene is punctuated by a, f- a shit joke. Nice. A lot of sh- well, he a shits lot of shit himself again. Yeah. Wow. But it's like in the middle of a contentious interview. But I th- here's the thing. I do want to shout out all the other actors. This is what's weird. The, the writing, the way they're, like, they're telling the story, the ending. And I know you said, you're like, wait till the ending. I don't know what, I don't, again, I don't know what the fuck was going on with that ending. My sort of view on it is like, it's a great airplane movie. Like, mm. yeah. But now mm. I feel that overall, I feel like I'm, our entire existence is like an airplane where we're just sort of we're like, yeah, dude, I <laughs> right. got nothing but time. Like, I'll fucking watch yeah. Capone. Yeah. And as I was watching it, I think normally I'd be like, what a fucking waste of time. Mm. Rather than like, I don't have, okay, sure. Oh, interesting. And mm, that was this, stupid. This oh, was Matt directed- Dillon looks good for his age still. This was directed uh, was by uh, the with Josh Trank, right? Josh, that was the director. Josh yeah. Trank, yeah. Who was yeah, like Josh in, Trank. <laughs> it was in Director Drill deservedly, and this was like how he got out was doing the Capone movie, right? Like this was like yeah. his big follow up to Fantastic yeah. Four. Yeah, this was, it bears yeah. like, like a lot of. I mean, th- it bears a lot of resemblance to that shitty Renee Zellweger movie that she just got an Oscar for too, of like playing a tragic figure mm. in the last year of their life in an attempt to win an Oscar. But th- what makes me just nervous about even hearing what happens in this movie <laughs> is just knowing that Tom Hardy famously does method. So this had to have been a fucking nightmare oh, for everybody. Everywhere. Yeah. His trailer it's, was just spackled. <laughs> just yeah. yeah. Dropping Dude, deuces everywhere. He, my favorite oh. my favorite example of just I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't feel one way or another about Tom Hardy, but like he he went into there were all these stories about how method he was on the set of Mad Max, even though it's like oh, it didn't seem necessary for that yeah. character. And and Charlize Theron did like a very sweet interview sh- where she was like, "Yeah, that's what he does." Personally, I just show up and work. Like, called acting love. Yeah, that's why it's called acting. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, would you recommend like actually spending like should I watch this movie? If you like Tom Hardy. And mm-hmm. you enjoy watching an absurd Tom Hardy performance. Like, I love an absurd Tom Hardy performance. Yes, mm-hmm. watch the movie. You will be, like, blown away how hard he commits. Because there are points where I forget I'm watching. Like, he commits so hard. Where, Like Miles was saying, where I'm like, this guy actually is, like, like I think he has lost it. Uh, it feels <laughs> real yeah. in moments where you're like, this is so depressing. Like, I feel horrible for this guy. Um, and then there's other moments where you're like, wow, Tom Hardy really took it there. But if you're a person who likes that, I paid $10 to rent this movie. Oh, I don't wow. know if you want to do that. You yeah. know, like that's yeah. up yeah, to I'm you. I'm not going to do that. I'm there's- not going to advocate anyone yeah. spend money to see this. But yeah. right. if you have some, just if you got $10, you want to throw away. And I mean that pretty literally, like this is going <laughs> into the trash 
uh why not i mean it's like support again, trank's career though you yeah support, support josh, josh trank's trank. career or just yeah like support it was kind of cool to trank see matt dylan again yeah. he kind of looks like oh that's nice he, he's looking fine and it, linda cardellini <laughs> is has a great performance yeah. uh, also charmaine buco uh yeah. is in it uh her real name Catherine narducci mm. The the quote about uh, Oscar and Razzie at the same time is from Scott Mendelson, the uh, writer at Forbes, uh, <laughs> and he also mentioned he also wrote in the article where he was talking about this movie that uh, Josh Trank has a so Josh Trank is the guy who did Chronicle, the like uh, found footage superhero movie, mm-hmm. and then he did uh, the Fantastic Four, which is like oh, one of is the that great fan fan four stick that one. Yeah, yeah, the fan four stick somehow four. in the title. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, and he was like, "Yeah, I I'd watch Josh Trank's four-hour Fantastic Four cut. Apparently, <laughs> he's like got this like artistic, this like uh, director's cut out there of the Fantastic Four that like nobody wants to see." Uh, <laughs> can I can I say that the movie does have an actually a very funny critique of law enforcement being like kind of trash because they really mm. truly believe Al Capone is faking all this. <laughs> and it's real absurd. They like are interviewing, being like, "Where'd you hide the money?" And he's like, "And he's uh, shitting himself." Uh, and they're like, "He's faking it." I they're know like, he's, he's method. Yeah. And yeah. they're like putting money towards this. And you're like, "Okay, you guys are wasting money." This fool is shitting himself. He's literally delusional. He can't see. Like he's seeing things. He's having strokes. He's talking to himself. He's watching Wizard of the Oz and pretending to be the. Uh, the the lion, the lion. like oh, he's wow. not here and you guys are spending all this money being like he buried 10 million dollars somewhere and you're like oh wow the fbi yeah. man <laughs> where's it at you syphilitic fuck <laughs> it's like whoa let him what? live i mean not let him live he was a gangster but like yeah. it was funny the one time his mind did come together was to sing the wizard of oz song yeah that was the oh, one wow. time he was the most coherent anyway no, i, I see my time judy judy extended universe yeah <laughs> i see my time yeah, to avatar the airbender please now. yeah okay. so guys tell us this is one that i i don't know anything about oh boy well Zig, have you seen this whole show? This was my first my first foray into it. Yeah, I watched it when it was first airing like 10 or 15 years ago, however long ago it yeah. was. Like when I, I was still in like high school or maybe even like college when it was like coming on. Like I really enjoyed it, but I haven't thought about it since then. So like rewatching it and being like, oh, this show is like one, it's just like beautifully animated, but also like yeah. the world building that they were able to do in one 22 minute episode was so uh, like inspiring <laughs> when you're like, there are there are shows right. that will go six, seven, eight seasons that are like fantasy world or sci-fi that like don't even begin to touch like the depth that they were able to do in you know twenty twenty two minutes. You know, I was a big fan of this totally. of the of, of watching this. Oh, I love I loved it so much that like yeah, like you were saying, I ended up watching. I watched like three episodes, and then I watched another episode from the middle of season two that mm-hmm. people were like, "You won't understand the show unless you watch season two, episode seven. And <laughs> and they were right; it was a moving episode. But it's I just like I feel like it's so rare in like kid shows, and then even more specifically, like animated kid shows for like you're. It so often just becomes like a really condescending experience. Yeah. Uh, and this show is like so complex and it's beautiful and mm-hmm. it's like they they in like the first episode they talk about like losing a parent and yeah. like just all these really complex heavy stuff like war and mm-hmm. like the the episode that was recommended to me in the middle of season two was like a 
backstory for like main antagonist that was oh, like yeah. had like there a backstory that involves like a severe genocide and you're like this was for children and They're- this is for people who what's airbending exactly it's i don't know exactly how to i mean it's just it's mad it's mad it's basically like yeah so the way like this is stuff that they sort of dive deeper into as the story the show goes along but basically there were people who are born with like special powers that they can like they can manipulate like you know earth water fire or the air or wind wind water heart yeah basically like all the elements and like as you go along you sort of realize that um everyone every like they're like different tribes across the world and they're sort of like base these things off of like their equivalent of spirit animals like they're like every tribe has like you know like a, a totem animal and like for the airbenders it's like this these bison that can like fly for like earthbenders they're like badgers like they they get deep into it but like one of the things that like i really noticed while watching it was like just how diverse people looked like just skin color wise like there's like mm. light skin people there's like dark skin people and everyone is like demonstrably like asian like like oh these are like you can say that these are Asian influenced characters, and it's not just like white skin, like Eastern Asians. They have like dark skinned, um, like Southeast Asians. They have like Inuit representation. Like there's so much that they're able to pack in in the show in like 22 minutes that like definitely mm. flew over my head when I first watched it, and yeah. I definitely wouldn't have appreciated it as much. But like, I think that I'm definitely going to like binge watch the show over the next like two weeks and like I'm get really, back into I'm- it. I'm really excited to to like really dive into it. I did I did a little bit of research because I'm like, who made this show? Because it's like it's so. I feel like it had to have been incredibly difficult to yeah. like sell Nickelodeon on a really complex, like rich show like this because yeah. there was like nothing else. I think part of the reason I didn't watch it was as maybe a little too old for it when it came out. Yeah. And also, I went to Nickelodeon for like SpongeBob, and this is the opposite. <laughs> yeah. Right. Of yeah. SpongeBob. And it's, but it is, I mean, it's still like, it's Nickelodeon in the 2000s. It's, it's like two white guys uh, yeah. that made it. The whole vo- the voice cast is, from what I could tell, the most of the voice cast is white too. Mm-hmm. And I haven't, I don't know, I was kind of like, I, I can't find much criticism of it in that way. Uh, yeah. which is, I, I don't, I mean, I don't really know where to, where to fall on it. Cause it seems like they did their homework and they tried to mm-hmm. like build out a world that is like respectful and, and not, you know, the ugly side of appropriation, but there's, I don't know. I want to learn more about the production of this show too. Cause I'm like, how yeah. did they pull this off? And no one was like, Hey, wait a second. I think one of the big things was that this was like 15 years ago. So like people weren't yeah. even like cognizant of that. Like they did a follow-up series called, the Legend of Korra, which I think was a little bit better with like casting like non-white people, but still like I think the main character was like a, a white. May lady. Whitman. Yeah, yeah. It's literally May Whitman is yeah. the is yeah the main female character. Jamie, you sound like so like you've you've seen a vision like after <laughs> this, you know? Like I'm like, all right, Jamie's gonna have some kind of take. Like even if she <laughs> likes it, it'll be into. But you're but even the way you're like expressing you your love yeah. for it is like. In awe, which is really is all I need to actually start watching because you're like, it's a great yeah, series. Like, it's, damn, it's, it, like it's it, good. Yeah. It gets everything. Like you have like the emotional stuff. Like also, like I'm older now, so like there are things that I appreciate more, especially when it comes to like how family is represented and like how like you know like people like the characters like actually like each other. Like brothers and mm-hmm. sisters fight. The, like there's a brother and sister on the show that sort of fight the way that brothers and sisters do. Like you still love them, but like. You're also like, I've been around you every day for like 13 years. Like you really get on my nerves. Like all that stuff <laughs> yeah. is great. 
And then like all the choreography, like all the animation nerd stuff in me is really impressed by like like the way they they their way the way that they're able to animate these really complex martial arts move still to this day like blow me away. Oh, so yeah. okay, so for the caveman in me, the yeah. martial arts scenes are also litty or what? Oh yeah, the martial arts scenes are the like you don't. Are incredible, yeah. Yeah, you only see a little bit in this one. You see a little bit of training, but like, so there's like the fire tribe, the earth tribe, the like wind tribe, and like the water tribe, and the, all of them are based off four very specific different types of martial arts. So like, it's cool seeing each of those styles represented in different ways, and also seeing how fluid those animators were able to like capture those things were like really cool. Um, so mm-hmm. like uh, definitely the caveman and you were like oh this will rock like your caveman your lizard <laughs> bling will be very stimulated by watching the show. So it's really beautiful. Yeah, I think I like I think what really hit for me is like I don't know like yeah I w- I work mostly in animation and so it's like you're constantly asked to kind of dumb stuff down or make stuff like as broad as possible. Yeah, exactly. Right. And and just the fact that it was like not just an animated show, but an animated show for kids that was able to just really go for the themes that they wanted to is like so impressive and cool. Cora and the other one is played by Janet Varney, not yeah. Meg Whitman. I was oh, very confused. I know uh, Janet Varney. Uh, no, Mae yeah. Whitman plays um, Katara. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Wait, really- is Meg Whitman not the uh, <laughs> the CEO? Of Quibi, <laughs> <laughs> no, she got out of the acting business. May Whitman, May, the Aunt Anne Egg May, from May Arrested egg. Development. Yeah, May egg. it's a May and oh, Her, got it. And one of the evil exes <laughs> from Scott Pilgrim. But that's I was a like, beautiful. Damn, she is multi-talented. Wow. High Meg yeah. Whitman um, visibility. High yeah. Quibi CEO visibility. <laughs> Get some quick bites in there. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I loved um, it. I can't wait to keep watching it. Yeah, you should definitely oh, check awesome. out um, the sequel, uh, Legend of Korra. I think you really dig that as well. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Zig, it's been a pleasure having you, man. Where can people find you, follow you, uh, experience you? You know, if you want to experience me, uh, you know, check me out on Twitter, Instagram, at yay for zig uh, Check out my website, that dude zig if you just want to keep up with me. Uh, I my last room is out, so if like any showrunners want to hire a new funny writer, hit me up because my manager wants that ten percent, and I need that money too. <laughs> so yeah. catch Chicken me there. And Birdie, baby. Yeah, baby. Is back. Uh, is there a tweet you've been enjoying? Oh, uh, it's from uh, a homie and I think a friend of most people on this show, Birdie Reed. Um, yeah, yeah. He's like, I just got my first life insurance deposit from my grandmother who died back in January. I feel deeply somber and guilty, but it cheers me up knowing that she'd want me to have. A gaming PC with overclockable processors and a GeForce RTX 2080 Ti graphics card, uh, and then I I saw that and I laughed very hard because I know Brody's <laughs> been going through a hard time, but also that's yeah. uh, the most quintessential peak Brody comedy tweet. And uh, yeah. I, when I saw that, I knew I knew that my boy was back in the game. So like it had hit multiple levels for me. Yeah, his yeah. pain turned to flex tweets have been uh, <laughs> yeah. to follow along and just like walking around his enormous house now. A yeah. powerful arc, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jamie, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jamie Loftus Help, Instagram at Jamie Christ Superstar. I'm going to shout out an Emily Yoshida tweet that made me laugh because it's so dumb. Uh, <laughs> it's, it just says, more like bidroxychloroquine. That's the whole tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Got me good. I love it. And that's uh, that at Emily Yoshida, who's also on the Bechtel My- cast this week. So, there oh, you go. hell yeah. 
And also uh, the co-host of Night Call, which is a yeah. great show everybody should be listening to. Uh, Miles, where can people find you and what's a tweet you've been enjoying? Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Miles of Grey. You know, find the Zeitgang posse on Red Dead. I just got GTA 5, so I'm probably going to crew up over there. Cause, oh, hit me up, King. Man, bro, every time Zeitgang, wow, you guys are impressive gamers to say the least so when i when i send up the flare and you guys assemble i feel fucking very powerful so thank you to y'all uh tweet that i like is from ian carmel at ian carmel says politically i would describe myself as quote very liberal but also at one point i really liked the movie boondock saints so like (laughs) (laughs) oh man i never liked that movie i just want to i've never seen it in the sand it's, it doesn't hold yeah. up if I'm you're d- over 16. Yeah, I know. That's the one thing I know. Like, I remember all, like, I was watching Belly and, like, King of New York and, like, white kids were like, have you seen Boondock Saints? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's okay. I've just seen the poster. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Some tweets I've been enjoying. Dennis Hogan tweeted, I, you are woke boss, have discovered that adding X's to words make them more inclusive. So it turns out we are going to be doing some layoffs. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> Phil oh. Jameson tweeted, "Hacker voice as I get into bed." I'm in. <laughs> uh, oh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at the Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on. Miles, what is that going to be today? Uh, This is a track from uh, Dutch R&B soul singer Nicole Buss, uh, who I've not known about until very recently. Yeah, Yeah. name. She's got a great voice and like all, her album is really good. Like she's got this very like grounded approach to R&B that is like modern. She has swag. She is also kind of a beat maker. So she it's very cool, uh, very cool work from her. But this track is called You uh, and it's very I, I like it because, hey, like any man in their mid 30s, I love a good Wu-Tang sample. Oh, um, yes. And this is taking a sample of obviously the Charmels as long as I've got you, which is the sample from cream uh but so basically you're hearing like this great track over the cream beat uh but it's done a little bit differently so check out nicole bus to start your week off uh because sadly cash does rule everything around us (laughs) yeah uh well the daily zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app apple podcast or wherever you listen to your favorite shows That is going to do it for this morning. We'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we will talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.